Hey guys, welcome to episode number four of Let's Book Talk. Today we're speaking with Maria Mercurio, the author of the Survival Series and the Fourth Paladin. This was such a great episode. We talked about so many different things from her inspirations and influences from authors like Tolkien and Jane Austen to how great TikTok and Book Talk has been for authors to get their work out there and connect with new readers. It's such a great episode. I can't wait for you guys to listen to it and let us know what you think and definitely to keep track of what Maria has going on. Uh, for the video watchers, I guess I should say, um, this portion is obviously not in video. Had some issues with the camera settings and whatnot. But uh, anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy the episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Maria Mercurio. Enjoy. So I start off the show the same way every time, because I feel like the first couple questions are really great uh, to kind of see where your, you know, passion for storytelling comes from. So, you know, let's start there. You know, where did you develop that passion for storytelling? You know, I think um, it's not unique, of course, but whenever I would read a book or see a movie, I would not immerse myself in that story, but I would think about how it could be different if it was a different character or a different POV or, um, oh, what if like this happened instead? And I found that like after I would talk to other people about the movie, they'd want to talk about the movie. And I'd always want to talk about how it could be different or the book, how it could be different. And I think that those are the people that are the storytellers. And I see that from all the fan fiction that is so popular now. It's those people that want to tell the story. And sometimes you springboard off of other ideas before you can create your own, you know, worlds and universes on your own. Um, and so that's early on, I could tell them, you know, I thought, not unique, but definitely different than some other other people did when approaching, uh, um, looking at stories. Do you remember what book you read that maybe gave you that idea of like, man, I really like this. And I think at some point I would want to tell a story like this, or I would just want to become a writer. Yeah. Oh gosh. Junior high would be when I started reading Tolkien and Lord of the Rings okay. and wow, I just fell in love with the world and just how immersive it was and how amazing. But it's also, it's very structured and very rigid and it's 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 perfect for what it is. It's a classic, but mm -hmm. you would think like, oh, how can I take something like this and modernize it? How could I be a part of this world? Or how could my characters be a part of this world? And uh, definitely Tolkien was the first dive into. What was it about Tolkien's writing that really spoke to you? You know, I think it was the first time that anything felt so epic. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a lot of various books from more modern writers and when I was younger, and it felt fun and like a, you know, the difference between seeing like a, the Academy Award Best Picture and, you know, a comedy movie. I love the comedy movies, but mm -hmm. reading Tolkien really felt special. It just felt that... There was just so much creativity. God, he, he created an entire language for his books. That's insane. <laughs> so yeah. It's just, you know, it was well-crafted and I could appreciate it even then. That's awesome. And, you know, you bring up a great point. When an author like that, it, it's so ambitious to set out to not only create an entire world, but then you create 
the history, you create the language, you create all the stuff that makes it feel like, you know, when you're reading it or even when you're watching the movies, you have to remember, okay, this didn't happen in real life. You know, this isn't an actual history, but it feels like that. Um, Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, as an author yourself, like, do you ever, while you're in the writing process, do you ever get sucked in as much as you do as a reader when you're crafting your story? And sometimes you have to be like, wait, there's a story I'm creating. This isn't actually like, you know
husband, my family, everybody's in the business. So like script writing, I've read so many scripts. And so maybe my books tend to uh, have a little bit more scriptiness to them than description, mm -hmm. but I love banter. And that's taken me down a few rabbit holes because I'll start thinking of what would be the witty banter between two people and things come up uh, that I think would be fun, but then I have to like craft that into their character development so that right. it's genuine. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite parts about reading too, is the banter. You know, I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok. I've been reading the Throne of Glass series. I've been reading Akatar, I read Fourth Wing and Iron Flame. And it's those moments that are my favorite. You know, the two yeah. characters that, you know, at the beginning, you know, they don't necessarily like each other, but you know what the end game is. And you're like, I love getting to that point. Yeah. Um, it's so much fun. Uh, okay. So now to talk about your books. Yes, um, <laughs> please. <laughs> I was like, I can't forget Jay Huston. No, we can't. Um, so with the survival series, yeah. can you talk a bit about one, how that story came about, what the writing process was like, and if there were any challenges that you faced while writing that story? Definitely. So survival is my newest series. I've written a lot of books. I've only self-published one, and then sur the survival series is my latest. Um mm -hmm three books that, are, that, are, that have been coming out within like a few months of each other. Um, I wrote it, I wrote three books at the same time. Um, there is two characters in them. So the first two is just one character, but I didn't finish a book and publish it. I wrote all three and then we went back and rewrote and rewrote. And I thought I was going to be done with three. Um, but now that I've released it, I came up with a fourth book that I'm uh, almost done writing. Awesome. Uh, for that. And I think I might put a pin in it after book four for a bit because I have some other stories that I really want to try to write. But the survival was, it was one of those journeys for me that I, I wanted something just fun, a little bit more spicy, a little bit more adult. Um, my first novel was more PG, more family friendly. And I wrote that because I wanted to be able to have my parents and aunts and uncles read something I wrote <laughs> survival was really the kind of stuff I kind of like to read which is a little bit more spice a little bit more of something I would be like not handing over to my father right <laughs> take a look at <laughs> so, but it, it's um again those interpersonal relationships there's a lot of sassiness my um my female main character is uh, a crack up and she's not really super likable because she's very vague. Um, so that's how it starts off and it, it evolves and you do feel for her for what she goes through. Um, but you know, you start off like kind of like rolling your eyes at her. And I like that. I like that she isn't just this doe eyed sweet girl. Um, she really is kind of a hard edge. <laughs> yeah. So when you were writing that story, you know, how did you kind of lay it all out? Like, did you focus on character first? Did you focus on, you know, where was the story going to go? Like, how did that all come about? Yeah, I, when I first did the first draft of it, um, I laid out all three books at the same time so that there would be some continuity. Mm -hmm. um, I found that I changed my mind a lot once I'm in the second book or the third book. And then I wish that I hadn't released the first book. And so I definitely gave a layout for each of the three books and then 
rework that like a hundred different times, but they're short. So they're, which is different though. My first, my first novels, in fact, I have some, I've just never published, but they're massive, like six, mm-hmm. 700 pages. Um, but every time I was trying to get, I was trying to get traditionally published and nobody wanted the big books back then. Um, and I had just shelved them. And so now it seems to be getting in popularity because I might be taking them down, dusting them off and doing some reworks on some of those books. But nobody really wanted them. It was really hard to find a market for those big, large novels. And so survival is short and sweet. And it's like something you can read. And each book is something you can read in a few days and have it off of your TBR like that. So yeah. I, that's what I was going for. Um and I am an indie author, but Survival did get, I did get a publisher for Survival, um, but the, I do all the book promotions and all the side, but they did do the editing and the cover art for me. So it's kind of a, not really a traditional publisher, because I'm not going to be in bookstores with them, but they did, mm-hmm. you know, take on some of the responsibilities off my plate. So it was nice because the editors there are awesome work with it. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Because I, I know that there have been a lot of people um in fact a couple of authors that i've spoken to already where they're kind of doing everything you know from from start to finish it's all them um so i wanted to ask you like what has it been like when you're doing like the book promotion the marketing and all that stuff how has that process uh been for you like have you has it been challenging has it been a little easier you know what's that been like no i think it's really hard to put yourself out there um it's really difficult to think about a new way to market your book. Um, This isn't, I don't make any money selling books. This is something that I do just because I love it so much. Um, It is challenging. There's a lot of money that you have to spend in order to not make any money. So it's just one of those things like how much do you want your work to get out there? How much do you want it to be read? How much do you want to be able to interact with your readers and, and, that desire for an indie author is something you have to weigh in pennies because it adds up really fast. And that's why I was super grateful that this one did get, this Royal series did get picked up. So I didn't have to pay for a lot of other things. So I could put a little, um, you know, a little net aside for marketing expenses. So, they, they go fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. You know, I'm in, I'm in PR myself. So I've worked with a lot of clients that when they first come in, they're like, oh, what's, what budget should I have? And like you have this massive project and I'm like, it is not as cheap as you think it's going to be, <laughs> you know, especially if you want it done right. Uh, but at yeah. the same token, you don't want to overspend and then you don't get what you were looking for. Um, yeah. The return on investment is normally something that is a personal return instead of a financial. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, um, on the same token, I think that TikTok has created an avenue um for a lot of authors to really get their work out there to a huge audience um and I want to ask you since you've been on TikTok like have you seen that for yourself at work yeah I so I shelved some books because I was having a really hard time figuring out how to get an audience for them so when I wrote Fourth Paladin which is a much different like demon slaying world building kind of book um, I did everything myself, although I have to say my husband is an amazing artist, so he did do the cover art for me, but, um, besides that, <laughs> you know, publishing it, you know, getting the books made, um, you know, shipping them, like everything. I was just a one woman show. 
And it cost me like six to $7,000 just to get my book out there. And over time, that just added up super fast. You know, paying an editor, paying, you know, paying for all these things that you want to do to make sure it's right. And it was very expensive. Um, so this time around, um, having TikTok as an avenue really changed things because all of a sudden you have access to direct access to readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there was Facebook and there was Instagram, but it's really those algorithms. And I know we could, we complain about the 300 or the 200 TikTok jail, which does happen, yeah. but not the same as, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, you will only ever get seen by like five people unless you pay. Uh, and, and it's tough. So yeah, my Facebook, you know, my Facebook and my Instagram are like hardly any followers at all where, you know, on TikTok, I just started TikTok. Um, I think I started it in August of 23 mm-hmm. and I already have 5,000 followers. Yeah, It's totally a different ballpark and reacting and being able to talk to them and it's just so interactive and such a positive experience too i love how people are supporting the authors but they're also you know supporting hey it's okay to read things like this and it's okay to read things like this there's no judgment let's just like do what we love oh my god it's a great it's it's truly a great experience yeah and you know it's such an interesting thing because you go to a site like uh, Twitter or X, you know, whatever anyone wants to call it now. Um, it's such a different environment where I think it's so much more hostile in, in a on a platform like Twitter because it's like the yeah. Wild West, to be honest. Um, whereas TikTok and BookTok especially, it really does feel like a really great community. Uh, and I'm sure you'll have your little pockets here and there where the drama will ensue. Um, yeah. But for the most part, you know, it's like, we're all in the thing together. Uh, Everybody's, you know, reading the same things. They're, you know, shedding light on other titles that otherwise wouldn't have had any eyes on them. Um, So what has that been like um, for yourself as just a user seeing all this stuff, you know, going on? And then does that give you ideas for uh, the upcoming books that you're working on? Maybe a, a different marketing strategy? Yeah. Um, you know, it's so funny because all the Akatar stuff, I read that before I ever got on TikTok. Mm. I just, I'm such a voracious reader. I'm always out there reading. I had no idea. Wow. I had no idea that fan following. Once I got on TikTok, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I didn't know that she had other stuff. I didn't know about the real class. Until yeah. So through TikTok, I, I realized like, whoa, there is a market for larger novels that are fantasy based and all the things that I was told by publishers are not desirable right now um, are on -hmm. on book talk. And those are the things that I love writing. Those are like, I just said, you know, I took, I'm taking my Tolkien world and, you know, mixing it with my Jane Austen. (laughs) That's what I want to write. Those are my passion. Those are my passion pieces. And so uh, I found myself writing more for what I thought would get read versus what I really wanted to write. And then when I got on TikTok, I realized, oh my God, I can write what I want to write. And people will at least give it a shot. They'll at least hear about the story and put it on their TBR. And I've been seeing people, you know, 
talking back and telling me how it's been and how they've enjoyed it and, and things that they wish they could see in future books. And oh my, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been really That's, great. that's awesome because, you know, I've always said that I think authors are probably one of the more creative types um, out there because you're really creating everything from scratch. You know, there's, there's nothing like it. And, and I was talking to um, another upcoming guest on the podcast about, you know, I have a journalism background. So my writing is everything is sort of there. I just have to synthesize it. I have to talk to the right people, get the story in as concise of an order that somebody will read it and not just click off the tab, you know, immediately. Um, but when attempting to write a story, I'm just like, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and it's such a hard process. So I wanted to ask you, like, what is that like when you're getting ready to write a story? Do you have like a mental process that you kind of follow to get yourself in the zone? Or is it pretty swift and easy for you to kind of say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to dedicate as much time as I need to to do it. Yeah, I have. I'm um, sorry. We, I will buy a report. It's too long. Here it was. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, it's really funny. I use um, I use certain times during the night. So I work a full-time job. I'm a mom. I have kids. I come home. I still make dinner. Do all that stuff. So finding time to write is the, the struggle is real. Um, but, uh, my husband has a really funny sense of humor and he has the Alexis programmed in the house to chastise me if I'm not writing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I'm like, I'll walk into a room and I'll say something and he has them programmed to be like, it's time for Maria to write now. And I just, it's pretty funny, <laughs> but it does like, it's not like gets me in the mood to write. Sometimes it mm -hmm. gets me in the mood to want to, uh, hit him, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it does remind me like, I need to carve out that time. So there right. are certain nights of the week that I have carved out for writing. Oh, when I sit down, sometimes I do the same thing everyone else does. I will scroll or I will, you know, uh, like just like look at the internet and surf the internet for a bit and think about, oh, well, maybe I need to research this or, oh, what, what is it? what are restaurants in this state? Because like they might go to a restaurant in my book instead of mm. writing the book. So yeah, I think that's always a struggle. And then, I have days where I'm prolific, like where I can sit down and write 3000 words like that and no stopping. Um, so it's just like everybody, you know, you struggle with sometimes there's writer's block, there's times when you're gonna be able to do it. Um, but I do make myself sit down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the start of it. Sometimes it's just to do a rewrite. You know what, I don't feel like writing, but I'm gonna read what I wrote yesterday or I'm gonna read mm -hmm. what I wrote two days ago and, and see if that'll, and, that often prompts me then to continue to write because I took the um, burden of writing off my shoulders and allowed myself to just do, you know, a, you know, read my rough draft. And then from there I'll throw in some things. And I don't always write in order. I know some writers are very structured with like, they're going to write in order. If I have been thinking about the ending, I'm just going to write the ending first. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, well, I'm going to write it in any order that it comes to me. And then go back and and fill in blanks later. So yeah, so it's almost like a like a puzzle in a way. You can write the ending, and then you could or the middle, and then you could kind of rearrange things if they make sense at another point of the story. Um, yeah. So 
for any aspiring authors that are listening to this show, um, you know, I've, because it's happened to me in other areas where I think a lot of, a lot of the time we don't tend to trust our own creative process and we give up way too early and say, Yeah. you know, you're a chapter and a half in and you're like, I think this is terrible. Um, and then you just stop and you don't continue. So do you have any advice for those that are in that stage right now where they're going to shelve their story and might even put it in the trash bin um, where they should continue it? And even if it's b
if you know, if I opened it up on my Kindle and was flipping through and I read this, would I be excited and want to not just put it on my list, actually read it right then and there? Okay, then that's a book I should write. That's really interesting. Have you found that that like helps you to the point where you know it kind of gives you a clear path going forward when you start it that way? It does. It does. You know, you always want to leave a little mystery in the back cover. Yeah. Away, but it's enough to to have that gem of what the main core part of the story is going to be. Um, and I've done it. I, that's what made me is that's why I'm writing the fourth series, uh, the fourth mm. of my survival series, is because I wrote the back cover for it. And I was like, yeah, I got to write it. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you see an end like uh, to that series, like with the fourth book, or do you think? It might go into five, six, seven, and just kind of be open-ended. Yeah, it's pretty open-ended. There's a okay. lot of characters. Um, I definitely finish with certain characters, um, and then they can become sub-characters in future books, but it's definitely an open-ended. It's why I made it as a series, because it is shorter. Had I wrote the big, massive 600 pages, mm -hmm. I'd probably be like, yeah, three and done. <laughs> right. you know, these are like 200-page books, so they're fast. <laughs> so yeah. you get through them pretty quick. So it's a little different. Awesome. Uh, well, I'm going to give you a chance now to sort of give your elevator pitch to readers who <laughs> might be thinking about reading the series and you could tell them why they should read it. Sure. Um, okay. Well, the new one that's out is Survival. And there's two books out already, which is the first one is Survival. The other one is Pack for a Lifetime. And then my third book is coming out on Valentine's Day, which is Miles Away from Home. They are a dark paranormal romance series. So you have to like a little walk on the darker wild side to read them. Definitely 18 over. <laughs> right. Um, the first two books are from uh, my female character's perspective. And then the third book is the villain in the first two books. It's his perspective. So that one's probably one of my favorite books because I haven't ever written an entire book from a male point of view before. And so that was fun. And I liked it. My husband hasn't read that one yet. So I'm curious uh, what he'll, his take will be. He, he likes to wait till they come out on their least day to read them. So we'll see <laughs> if, I'm, uh, if he thinks I'm far off. But my editor loved it. So I'm going to go with that. Awesome. Um, so the, those are fun. So now, so the third book is uh, my morally gray uh, character's perspective on, on, on everything. And it is, it's a fun reading too. So, and then the fourth book will be uh, I'm going to try to get it out this year so that I can uh, move on to my next my next books. But uh, they're they're all a um, little darker, <laughs> little Very little cool. spicy, a little darker. So you have to enjoy that kind of stuff. Awesome. Uh, is there anything you could tell us about the book that you're going to be working on soon? Or are you going to keep all those details under wraps for now? Under wraps for now. No, that one that one's kind of fun. It's a it's a take on like a Gaelic Viking story. Okay. Uh, but complete world build. So it's 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 gonna feel similar. It's gonna feel like certain parts of you know of the world, but it's going to be renamed. But there, there's gonna be influences um in it. And it's I always like a a good demon magic takeover yeah. kind of thing. So it'll it'll have a lot of elements of that. I wrote this book before it's actually the first book I've ever written and okay. um I had it printed and done and I shelved it 
for years. And so I, I came back because of book talk, I came back and I started reading it again. And I was like, you know, this, it just needs some, it just needs to be modernized. And I wrote it in third person. Um, and everyone seems to really like first person right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to rewrite the whole book in first person, multiple POVs, but, um, that's what I'm trying to do right now to see if it's, um, will resonate a little bit better. And it's interesting because I only ever wrote in third person. Um, but book talk has showed me, well, all of my current books are in first person, but book talk has shown that like first person is definitely everyone's favorite. I've even asked the questions. (laughs) First person, first person, first person. So I'm going to take a, take another stab at it. So awesome. Yeah. You know, that's smaller because it is like 700 pages right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like books, uh, like I just bought the three Crescent city books and I'm like, every throne of glass book gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, I'm dying for just a 300 page quick read. And I'm like, okay, 800 pages, 804 pages. Now I'm going to have I another, saw, you know, I your post on that. They're like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it feels every day. Oh, it's I so crazy. Relate. I read the first book and then I needed to take a, like an emotional break and go and read um, something smaller. I, that is right. completely a reader's mentality because we want to get through books too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to, you want to get to that reading goal and not have to go through these behemoths every week that take, you know, a week or two to get through. Um so. I could probably chop this one up into like two or three books. And I think it would be a little bit more manageable too for myself. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Now, the last question I wanted to ask you before we head out of here, um, was that book uh, one of the ones that, you know, you were told there wasn't a market for? Yes. Yes, it was. So I did try to take that. But again, this was like maybe 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. gosh, maybe 12, 12 years ago now. And they were just, oh, this isn't the kind of book that people want to read right now. But then now it is exactly what is popular. It's that whole fantasy and romanticy and all that stuff is really popular again. And so it's worth a brush off because it was still, it's still my favorite story that I've ever written. So I'm hoping it might take me more than a year, but I'm hoping that I can rework it and then maybe have three smaller books out of it. And that would be awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to read that one because that sounds like something that's right up my alley. Um, so Maria, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, before you go, yeah, of course. I'd love to have you back once uh, once that book is ready and we can talk about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> So uh, before you go, if you can tell people where they can find you online, where they can support you, and where they can find your work. Yeah, yeah, I have a website, so mariamacurio.com. I know some people struggle with my last name. Um, <laughs> I, I won't pronounce it like it should be. I'm pronouncing it for the US and Canadian audience. So it's like the planet, Mercurio, which is going to end here, Mercurio. It's not Mercurio, you don't have to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's on TikTok, Maria Curio author, if you want to follow me. And there's a link tree there that shows you where all my books are. And right now, actually, on um, Kindle, uh, the fourth paladin is free download for the next five days. So if you want to check out that book for free, it's up. Perfect. Well, Maria, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, and everybody listening, you guys know what to do. Uh, Go out and read Maria's work. 
Leave those re leave those reviews on Goodreads and anywhere you can, and uh, keep your eyes. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also go follow her on TikTok, and you know keep your eyes open for anything else she has coming down the line. Um, once again, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.